There's an Uncle Kyle Twitter out there somewhere that's just festering with horrible takes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass, your favorite hockey podcast. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the forever wonderful Zach Mack. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing well, man. I don't know if you saw this thing. It's I'm going to bring it up quick because it's not on our topic list, but the Leafs... Growing out mustaches in support for Matthews's, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but he's trying to get to 50 goals. Oh, his pursuits of 50 um, goals. Yeah, I did. Yeah, pursuit. Thank you. I did Thank see you. that. Uh, and I was watching the game last night. They played the Sharks last night, and I'm like, why? I, I can't remember who I saw. I was like, why is he rocking a mustache? Like, nah, I get it, but I just think it's the most least thing ever is to be like, coming together over an individual award at this point. Remember, uh, oh, you want to talk about coming together for an individual award. Guys, stick around for our topic list today. This is kind of a, a weird show in the sense that we have topics, we have segments, but we're just kind of, as they come up, uh, we'll talk about them as, you know, as we are want to do. I I did see that, though. Dude, read the comments. <clears throat> Remember when I was talking about Leafs bias a couple weeks ago? Read the comment. Read yeah, the comments yeah. of that post. People like legitimately upset over like a mustache is going to change the way they play. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's funny because I, I made a joke about it, but I was just joking. I understand that they're probably not like this is probably not getting in the way of what the Leafs are trying to accomplish. But you're right. I did go through the cesspool that was the comment section of this post, and it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, dude. Canadian hockey fans are having a weird week. I don't know if it's because we had Luke on this podcast or what, but. I don't know if you're on any uh, in any Facebook group, hockey Facebook groups. Someone someone posted one today that said, uh, in case anyone forgets, Ovi's the only uh, what is it the only Stanley Cup winning captain that isn't from Canada, and they weren't like being facetious. They were they literally they believe that like they must have read that somewhere from like 28 years ago or just felt like lying. But everyone's like, uh, I mean, Nick Lidstrom, Zidane Chara, Dustin Brown. Like, yeah, there's not a ton. But to say that Obi was the only one, I was like, dude, what? Canada is very, very touchy this week when it comes to hockey. But maybe it, maybe it's because not too. The internet is a great place, but it's 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 a dangerous it, place too. It it very much is. It very very much is. Uh. We're going to yell at each other later, but let's get the dumbest topic of the day out of the way early. Um, if we if we recorded on Valentine's Day and we, we swore at each other, neither of us would have a job, is what I'm getting from the Senators <laughs> today. What the hell? You explain the situation because you wanted to talk about it, and I saw your tweet before I knew what was going on. This is weird. Yeah, so the CEO, this is this is back-to-back seasons now we're talking about CEOs the stars last year but who knows what a CEO does for hockey but Ottawa's is in and gone in two months what was his name little something Jim Little Jim Little yeah okay so Jim Little is act CEOs named Jim are having a tough couple years in hockey. <laughs> um he comes out with a statement today saying that it's weird because the statement reads I'm trying to find where I have it, but it reads on, he says on Valentine's day. So it's first of all, weird to me that he says it as a how it, like it's Christmas. Like he's like yeah. on Valentine's. <laughs> like, nobody cares. It wasn't February 14th. It was Valentine's day. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares, man. Um, so it's weird that he mentions that, but obviously it must be a memory that stuck in his head. He's associated with Valentine's day, whatever. He says he had a heated discussion. Uh, personal disagreement is what he said. Strong will. He's a strong will person. Had a disagreement included him swearing, which of which Melnick did not appreciate. Of course, no one appreciates that. 
Little said he apologized. Well, and then then he gets fired, and it's now we're, we're like at least I don't my math's not very good, but we're at least a couple of weeks away from Valentine's Day. So he dug a wound into Melnick, who didn't like being cussed at. Said he apologized for it. Apparently, Melnick couldn't get over it, and here we are, over two weeks later. And he's like, "Yeah, I don't think I'm ever gonna let this go. We get, we got, we got to cut this guy." It makes no sense to me. I, I don't. Is Melnick a big softy? I don't get it. Well, quite literally, yeah. I, I think it was the Alex Burroughs trade when, because it's not just. I mean, Melnick is a weird dude too, but there's something about that. That senator's front office that just it softens people up, and I am not the type like I'm not like the oh go cry snowflake type. I trust me, I'm not. But do you remember the Alex Burroughs trade when the senators went and got him, and Pierre Dorian, the GM, was saying that players around the locker room were coming up and hugging him because they were so happy that he traded for Alex Burroughs. <laughs> do not remember that story dude it, it was really <laughs> odd it obviously like no one believes it and it was a very it was weird for him to bring up in this kind of obviously this is from a, a situation a different situation a different point of view but it is still similar in the oddity of you know valentine's day like <laughs> I, I don't know it just put it i'm picturing it as candlelit dinner they get mad at each other it's like a boardroom meeting that's lit, you know, on Valentine's Day. No one got to go home to their families and uh, a bunch of yelling started. It, it, that's the only way I can picture it. And, you know, now the kids get two Christmases. <laughs> that's exactly what I was like. I heard when I heard this, when I saw a statement this morning, I started Googling. I was like, does Jim Little have a wife? <laughs> I was like, I was going so deep into the fact that he mentioned Valentine's Day so specifically. I don't know why I couldn't get over it. Yeah, it's I, I don't know how we're gonna get over this story. I obviously a slow news day, especially for the the senators. But this is the only reason I'd want to be talking about the senators. Yeah, in this is the only way. It's because of something like yeah, this. It's the only way they're ever in the news. I feel like. Yeah, let's see. The last year and a half for the senators has been an owner meltdown, an owner telling his fans that they're not good fans after one donated part of his liver to Eugene Melnick, uh, the Pierre Dorian stuff, the Uber ride, the Jim Little stuff. Yeah, it's been a weird. If people forget, Mike Hoffman got booted out of there because his girlfriend was cyberbullying Melinda That's Carlson. Right. <laughs> What a weird man. Ever since Daniel Alberton left, it's just been ugh. Easy. Easy. Let's not give Daniel Alfredson too much. You're right. It is mostly Alfredson, I guess. Yeah. But Carlson too. Carlson leaving was Chris Kunitz ended the Senators franchise hopes with that goal in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> uh, I actually saw that that Sidney Crosby's ego Twitter account. Uh, post that after Little got fired or the news came out that he was fired. Uh, it was the video of Kunitz scoring that overtime goal. And someone said, don't forget, Kunitz ended the uh, the Senators with the shot. <laughs> so good for, good for the Penguins. But yeah, that's very, very odd story. So yeah, I, bottom line, I guess, is the Senators are looking for a CEO if anyone's job hunting. You're welcome. <laughs> I. Yeah, our our listeners definitely strike me as a CEO type. Well, <laughs> a few of the ones I know don't, but mo- most of you guys seem like the CEO type. So go out and get it. Uh, speaking of go out and get it, let's just. Uh, I guess we just got to get this out of the way because we're going to yell at each other. I I'm going to start with what we're we're about to talk about Leon Drysdale. Let's just get that out of the way. There, we're not no smoke and mirrors. We're talking about Leon. I've given you roughly 24 hours to produce evidence that supports one of the worst takes you've ever, ever had. <laughs> do you want to reveal it or do you want me to say Well, it? I just want to say that you did give me 24 hours. I've calmed down since. I was very um, 
obviously I was on the Leon train. I was watching the game against the Predators, where if you don't know, if you haven't been paying attention to hockey news, he dropped four goals against Nashville. He made it look like he was in PE playing a bunch of high schoolers. It looked very easy for Leon Dreisel. Now, I understand Leon Dreisel has great success against Nashville in his career. In his career, I think he's got I, I don't know. I can't remember, but I saw he's got a ridiculous amount of two two old games against Nashville for the amount of times he's played against them. But I this the heart has been a toss up for me, right? There's there's people in the conversation, and everybody the amount of people that were hating on Leon Dreisaitl the night he dropped four goals flipped that switch for me, and I was like, you know what? I'm full. I tweeted it. I said I'm Leon for heart right now. And then the next morning, obviously everyone's talking about the heart because. Um, Greg Wyshynski's t- tweeting out tweets that people, 99% of people are misunderstanding when they're reading it. And it's crazy. So I, I, I just, I went full dry soil. I'm on it. I'm not going to back off of it, but I'm glad, I'm glad we're going to talk about it. I, I, so, so what you're saying is you've backed off of doing, this is an actual quote. I'm reading this from our Slack page. Uh-huh. Doing some research for, quote, how long until we can call Leon Dreisaitl the best current player in the world, end quote. Yeah, so I was being a little hyperbolic. I I just, I, my, and I, I think I, I tried clearing it up to you, and I said my main goal was just so that people do not overlook Leon Dreisaitl's greatness, because I think that is what it is. Um, I, I won't talk to people that say Dreisaitl is not in the heart conversation. That is absolutely ridiculous to me. I will talk to people who say he's a finalist, but he doesn't win. I will have that conversation with people. But it, when when I see people saying, not and when I say people, I don't mean three or four. I mean dozens of people saying Josh Huddle is not even in the conversation. That is what rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, so, I mean, you did follow up with best player in the world with he's trending better than McKinnon so far, but... I digress. I know what you meant, and we we continued that. we continued to converse for a while, and I got a better sense of where you were. I, my, it's not necessarily a hill I'll die on, but we were talking about old Twitter accounts before the <laughs> before the episode. If you went to that account from. I don't know, 2015 to 17 on my Facebook, even on Instagram, I probably found a way to post it. It was a lot of uh, the the war, like the Warriors height of their powers, like when they were winning 73 games or whatever it was. And then, you know, with, I mean, the Patriots have always been good. The Seahawks were good back then. It was a lot of, it was a lot of great teams and, just looking for an MVP from those best teams, if that makes sense. The, I don't know, take formula theory, whatever you want to call it, that I came up with, which I can't really believe that people have such an issue with. And maybe you do. I don't know if we've ever even talked about this. It's insane to me. And hockey is weird because it's hockey, but it, I don't know how one team can have multiple MVP candidates. And I say that because the most valuable player probably shouldn't be on a team that's also thought or probably shouldn't be on the same team as someone who could very easily be swayed as also the most valuable player. Like you, you don't get to play like, well, if they're both gone, or if this one's gone, you know, he's still got the, like Drysdale deserves to be in what is the NHL versions uh, version of the MVP award because it's so much more based on points than anything else. We don't really quantify MVP in hockey the same way we do other sports because you know there's always a solid number in hockey. Like we're looking at points, that's a flat number. We're looking at games played assists in particular, things like that, time on the ice. But in football and basketball especially, you know, there's off very clear offense and defensive stats, and Steph was setting records, but Draymond was, like, incredible defensively. Connor and Leon are both MVP candidates because they do the same thing 
sometimes together better than most people. And I will agree that if we're going off that, neither of them should be Hart Trophy candidates. But I know that's not how hockey works. I would I the only would agree with you. I used I used to be on the the idea that if you had two that were MVP, you had none. But I thought about it over the past couple of days, obviously, because I was doing this dry cycle research. And I was like, if you really boil it down, the most valuable player to a team, the way the definition is written is you have to, every team would have to have one, no more than one, and no less than one. So, yes, you can't have two, but you also cannot have zero. You have to have one because it's most valuable. And I think that you could argue that Leon is more valuable than Connor, which would make him the most valuable on the Oilers this season. I don't think overall, I don't think anyone would agree with that. But when a guy has a season like Leon Dreisaitl is having this year, especially when Connor McDavid was hurt in the second half of the season, for a little bit, not the entire second half. I didn't mean to make it sound like that. But I think that you have – I get where you're coming from. If you have two MVP, it's hard to say that you have any because – you know, it's like the LeBron AD. You tweeted it out as a basketball comparison. Russ, KD, however, there's been a billion of them in the NBA, these combinations. But I think for – I just think that you have – the way it's written, you have to – each team has to have one. Whether you're the Oilers, whether you're the Red Wings, have somebody deemed most valuable to their team. Like you said, the way hockey is, we don't really know. There's not a way to – directly quantify what the most valuable to your team is for the Red Wings. Maybe it's who has the largest minus because you're trying to tank. I, you know, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know what the value is, but each team has a most valuable to their team, no matter how it's figured. And I would argue Leon Dreisaitl is that for Edmonton. Uh, this season, I guess there's no doubt that Leon is, has been their most valuable player, but it, I, I fuck. I just I hate the NHL. I hate the Hart Trophy because we were using. I like I, I made a joke about it yesterday, but I'm be, I'm being serious. I just let's just fucking admit that it's the Art Ross of you know guys who willed their team a little further than like if if our Tammy Panarin was leading the points race. It wouldn't be as straightforward as, you know, oh, well, he he's performing. the Like, Leon Dreisaitl is just performing the best. That's that's really all it is. And, yes, we gave it to Kucherov because he had, you know, what was a legendary season. I don't think Kucherov was really, you know, talk about having multiple most valuable players on your team. I mean, he had th- Hedman, Stamkos, and Vasilevsky on a team that was going to win or, you know, end up with 128 points. At even strength, the Rangers with Panarin on the, on the ice are outscoring their opponents 2-1. to one. With Leon Dreisaitl on the ice, it's almost 1-1. One to one. Panarin's line mate's goal differential improves by 1.8 goals per game with him. Leon Dreisaitl improves that number by 0.25. I know that's not the end-all, be-all, but your value is also determined by what you bring to your teammates. Oilers fans aside, because they'll tell you he deserves it no matter what. And if he doesn't, doesn't deserve it, Connor does. Either way, I don't think we we evaluate the heart trophy. I think that's my problem is maybe I'm getting on a pedestal about the heart trophy. And when I look at it, I just don't see Leon Dry's idol as the prototypical Hart Trophy. In the 2020 NHL, fine. That's I I just don't have an issue with it anymore. But if we're going to put Con- Leon in the fucking top three, top five players in the game right now, maybe night to night, yes. We, that's fine. But at the end of the season, if we're like, oh, yeah, and look at Leon. You know, now we've got to look at him as a top five player in the league every single year because of what he did this year. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. And they would be in the playoffs without him. I will die on that hill. Mm, see, I would I would disagree there. I, I agree with you that I think the the heart is 
it's weird. It's inconsistent. We gave it to Kucherov, who had 128 points. We gave it to Taylor Hall when he finished sixth or seventh in the league in points. I can't remember what it was exactly. It was somewhere in that fifth, five to seven range in points, but he dragged his team to the playoffs. Yeah, he had like 40 more points than the next closest yeah. Yeah, TV. which is ridiculous. So um, it is a little inconsistent. It's, it's hard to – I know we were beating a dead horse here, but it's hard to figure out exactly how, you know, we're giving out the Hart Trophy. I I think you can separate season and overall. I think you can say – I think you could very easily live with yourself at the end of the season saying, Leon Dreisaitl put together the best season on the ice this year of anyone else but it doesn't necessarily mean he's a top five player going forward. No. Yeah. I, I agree. Kucherov's not even a top 10 player in the league right now. I'll, I'll say that. So I just think for him having the season that he's had, I mean, he's on pace. Kucherov had 128 points. I think I saw dry cells on pace for 133 or something like that. So it would, it's just, which is not going to fucking happen. I'll give one listener a hundred dollars. If that okay, happens. yeah. All right, that, that's fair to say. I mean, maybe maybe it will, maybe it won't. But I – it's – I can't remember what you said at the end that I um, – oh, you said that the, the Oilers would be a playoff team without Dreisaitl. And I just – there has been 12 games I, – I think I retweeted it. I can't remember who tweeted it out. I don't I – don't, it's not my – I didn't look this stat up. But there's been 12 games that Dreisaitl did not score a point. And the Oilers have zero points in those games. Zero. And they're like. Was it zero points or wins? I honestly zero didn't points. see it. It was points. Zero points in the games that he does not record a point in. And then it's like they've won. I don't want to get it wrong. But it was they had 11 losses, I think, when he does score a point. So I think he is more important than people are willing to admit. I, I, I just. Uh, I, and I looked it up. I did it. I did it quick because I was like, the only, I looked up Panarin. I should have looked up McKinnon, but I found like three or four games right away that the, the Rangers won. Panarin didn't record a point, so I think that speaks volumes to how important he is. He obviously the only. It's not a very big sample size. Only twelve games doesn't score a point, and that also speaks to what he's been doing. But it's just hard. I, McKinnon is a good argument, I think, and I haven't been on a one to one. It's yeah. It sucks that we can't talk more about Nathan McKinnon, but. I mean, these these are the arguments that have been put in front of us. Apparently, McKinnon can't win it because, you know, he plays with Kale fucking McCarr, but Connor McDavid plays on the fucking Oilers. I hate this sport. I hate this sport. <laughs> I'll be fine with McKinnon winning it as long as Drysaddle finishes second and third. Yeah, that that's fine. I will. Say, the only difference to me is I think the the Rangers cycling three fresh goalies probably helped them win some of those games. I. I just I know there's 12 games where they have no points when he doesn't score. That's fine. I, Leon Dreisel is not worth 24 points, and I know you're not saying that. I would take the argument that he is worth 11 points. Is that fair? He's worth 11 points in the standings. I mean, that's a big. That's a lot. That's. A- They'd be two points out of the playoffs with a game in hand. Yeah, speaking of being out of the playoffs, I don't. That's that's tough. That's I'd have to do some math. I don't know. I don't know how you came up with that so quick. Honestly, I'm impressed. But the this you know, Greg made the joke, um, Wyszynski from ESPN on Twitter that they play in the Pacific. I don't. That it's funny. I get it. The Pacific sucks. It's like the NFC East of football. But they would be even if they were in the West, they'd be a playoff team right now. So I don't, I don't, I, I get what he's saying. I get the joke he's making, but it doesn't really make any sense. Well, I think I think the point of that because I kind of fall on that sometimes too. And people say that if so, yet yeah, yes, they they play in the Pacific and they have eighty points in the Pacific, which puts them ahead of Toronto. Toronto doesn't get to. And there's no argument around this. Toronto doesn't get to cherry pick Vancouver. I like Vancouver, but they're in that division. Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim, and Los Angeles. Wow, but they- the three the three worst teams play combined like 18 games against the Oilers. Yeah, but they get to play four against the Wings and four against the Senators and the Devils. 
I, I get yeah, there's weak teams on both sides. I, the, the Red Wings are the, this, I almost brought this point up. The Red Wings are the worst team in the league in the East. And there's teams like obviously the Canadians didn't take advantage of it, but all these teams in the East get to play them four times. We got to talk about that tweet too, by the <laughs> way. Um, no, I get like I get that it's it's cherry picked both on both sides, but Toronto also is 18 points back. From the best team in their division. Like the best team in the Oilers division is two points ahead of them. And it's not like the Oilers have been world beaters this year. And as much as much as I as confident as I am in Vegas, they haven't looked great either. I mean, you combine all their losses, they're 37 and 31. Boston is 42 and 25. It it's it's such a big gap that I I don't think it's comparable, not because it's it's a weird comparison, because I don't think we can quantify how much better the top half of the Pacific or how much better the top half of the central metro in Atlantic are than the Pacific. I think that's the point. I'm not saying it works. I'm not saying it's the way we should do it. But if you're going to make that comparison, there's an argument to be made for it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. And it's the worst division. I mean, that's... It seems like it's the old, you know, Big Ten. You talk about football, it's like Big Ten where they're beating up on each other, and that's going to be the Pacific argument. And then there's like the SEC where it's like we're very top-heavy, and that's going to be your Central and uh, Atlantic argument. What's up, guys? It's KJ, and I have some exciting news from a brand-new sponsor. Obviously, March has arrived, and it's time to score big on nonstop action with my bookie. It's the best place for you to cash in on insane buzzer beaters, huge upsets, white knuckle finishes, overtime finishes, bracket challenges, national championship futures. I'm starting to think this isn't about hockey. If you thought so too, you are correct. It's March Madness time, college basketball. Go out there and support your alma mater, your favorite team, whatever it is. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code BELLYUP, one word, B E. L-L-Y-U-P for a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BELLYUP B-E-L-L-Y-U-P Bet with the biggest. Win with the best. Only at mybookie.ag Back to the show. And the Metro's weird. Because since we're talking about it, Panarin's in the discussion for heart. I don't think, I mean, neither of us have him as our heart right now. You're McKinnon, right? If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. 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 Today, Panarin yeah. in the discussion. I. It's still weird to me that uh, the Rangers are as close as they are. Not weird to me at all that he's in the discussion. I think he deserves it. I don't think the Rangers get in. I think they probably stay seventh and finish seventh. Um. Realistically, I thought I thought they had the best chance of making a leap in the standings. Which have they? I'm looking at. Not since we recorded the Saturday right, okay. game, but they're they on a three-game losing yeah. streak. Okay, so it was looking good. It's not looking good anymore. It's not the time you want to slip, but I. it's weird that – I don't know. I guess I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's weird that a team in seventh place in their division is in conversation for the Hart Trophy and – we're talking about how the Pacific is so tight, you know? I don't <laughs> – Yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, the the team – the seventh-place team in the Metro is two games out, four points back with a yep. game in hand of the wild card. Seventh place back – seventh place in the Pacific is eliminated. Eighth place, also eliminated. Sixth place, might as well be. They're two points up. Like, I think that's, like, the majority of the difference. And, like, yeah, Jersey, Ottawa, and Detroit, I guess, and Buffalo. I mean, two different divisions there. But the case can be made. I just, I mean, all year, Washington, Boston, Tampa, St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, they've all been better than Vegas and Edmonton on a consistent basis. Yeah, I would agree. I just, I don't know. I mean, it it sucks that it's so divisive and that we'll never get a clear. I mean, this just gives Connor Hellbuck. I mean, he's 
Just give it to Carlson. Winnipeg would be the worst. Give it to John Carlson and just yeah. shut everyone up. Winnipeg would be the worst team in the league without Connor Hellbuck. I think that's like I know that's not why we give out the the award. And Wyshynski did kind of start the you know best player on a playoff team, which I don't love, but I understand. And I was for it, and I don't like Connor McDavid, and I get it, but I don't know. It it's tough, but we will keep keep an eye on it. And if 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 someone separates themselves from the pack. We'll be on top of it. And we've talked way too much about the Hart Trophy, but that that is what it is. Can we both admit, though, that people were looking at Wyshynski's tweets and not understanding the power play <laughs> yeah. stuff at all? That was hilarious to me. That was brutal. Uh, real quick, before we move on, because we didn't have it in our rundown, the I got I to gotta read it verbatim because there's just – there's no way around it. So Jack Todd, yes. 46, <laughs> uh, his – his bio is writer, author of Rose and Poe. He's also author of this tweet. The Canadians have almost caught Florida. Give them the eight points they dropped to Detroit, and they're ahead of the Leafs, third in the division. Add four more, they lost to the Devils, and they're rock solid. So the problem is not talent. By the way, that that Florida team that Montreal is about to catch is Five points out of a playoff spot. Is this the worst take of all? It time? might be. It, it might. That, it's like saying our talent is not a problem. It's winning games is a problem against teams <laughs> against teams that we should beat. Might might I add? Okay, it's not like well we lost you know one goal games to Tampa, Boston, and blah blah blah. He, he listed the worst teams and he was like, we lost to them. We, we we're fine. I don't. I, I guess I, I shouldn't say we. I don't know if he's a Habs fan or not, but it, it it's it's got to be close to one of the worst takes I've ever heard. It's like if we had a million more yeah, followers or listeners, we'd be this the, guy. This guy's got. Would yeah, be the best podcast. Right? This guy's followed by Pierre LeBron. What? <sighs> That's probably how his tweet got so much I, traction. Honestly. I don't know. I don't know if that plays into anything. Yeah. I don't know if Pierre interacted with it at all. <laughs> he followed up this tweet, this tweet we're talking about now. And he said, great fa-, Someone tweeted about Jim Little. And he quoted it, Jack Todd 46 quoted it and said, great fans in Ottawa, good GM, some good young players, and one absolute jackass of an owner. Good GM. Oh my god! All all Pierre Dorian's had to do is sell off the team at every deadline. Well, at least he's doing yeah, a good job of selling. Yeah, I mean he's got us talking about him. Good lord! Um, we were talking about the Oilers a bunch and how tight that is over there in the Pacific. But three teams are pulling away in the West. And I think it's pretty obvious who the three best teams are: Blues, Abs, and Vegas. Uh, I mean, combined 15-game win streak between the Blues and Avs, and Vegas is 9-1 in their last 10. I know I won't make you choose against the Oilers, but those are the three best teams in the West. And does does it take – does the fact that it took so long for them to separate themselves worry you about them separating themselves, like, in a playoff series? Uh, No. Short answer would be no. I don't – I'm not worried. I – um, you're right. I think you say he didn't want me to pick against the Oilers. I, I would pick against the Oilers to make a deep run with these, just because of the way these two teams are playing right now. Um, yeah, I've said <clears throat> for the last couple months that I think the Avalanche are going to be in the final. Uh, I think they do. I still think they come out of the West. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to come down to these three teams. I, if it's anything like last year, two of them are going to get bounced in the first round. Who knows? But I I think it is we're looking at one of these three teams. And I think Vegas was on a lengthy win streak before they – they're on a one-game win streak right now, so they lost and then won. But I think – yeah. It was yeah. eight. So yeah. we had all these teams on a win streak at one point. And it, I, I think that, you know, obviously everyone the, the fans of the teams are going to say warming up at the right time, which is a cliche, but I think it's right. I mean, you're, you're coming together now. You've got the playoff push. It's, it's what you want to see out of a team that's going to make a push. Um, other than everyone getting mustaches for everyone's 50 goal journey, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think 
I mean, are you, I know you're a big face guy. Are you, who are you leaning to come out of the West right now? If you had to pick one right now, is it one of these three? Well, at this very moment, it's Colorado because of the Mark Stone injury. But as soon as he's back, it's Vegas. Uh, I I said it a couple episodes ago. Uh, a, an explosive offense is going to win the Cup this year, and that's just not St. Louis to me. So I I'd pick Colorado until Vegas is 100% healthy, which. Sounds like they will be in the playoffs, but yes, it is one of these three. I saw something today about um, somebody at, I think the athletic, I, I, it might've been Sean. I'm not sure. Said that uh, I wrote an article about possibility of a blues Bruins rematch in the final. And I was just like, God, we haven't really even talked about that at all, but it's like, it, it could be, I would hate it, but it could be. Yeah. I, you don't, you know, you yeah, don't have a lot of I just, blues, but. Oh, I mean, hey, it's not <clears throat> excuse me, it's not just the Blues. I don't I don't care how good Boston's playing right now. Every single year a team comes in mm-hmm. this hot. Last year, it was Tampa. Like I I don't have much faith in the Atlantic as a whole going into the playoffs. Okay. So it, it's not that I'm avoiding you know, I I don't think it's going to be Boston, Colorado. I don't think Boston or St. Louis are going to make it to the conference final let alone the actual final. But, yeah, that would suck. That would be a horrible, horrible thing for most hockey fans. And the NHL would play it off as, you know, good good for rivalries, which it wouldn't be. Even after that series, I think the fans would consider it a rivalry. But the way – Blues fans for sure. I mean, I know Boston's not – yeah, Blues fans would, but that's a that's a pretty put together team that's not super old. Like as soon as Chara and Bergeron and some of the m- more potent Bruins are out of there, you know, I I don't think Pasternak and Marshan have enough to fuel a cross conference rivalry. Yeah, cross cross conference rivalries are tough to sustain. I'm trying to think. Off the top of my head, if there are any big ones, I mean, Avalanche and the Red Wings were rivals when they were in the same conference, and then they and now they're not barely rivals. And I know that a lot of that has to do with the Red Wings just being absolute trash, but yeah, uh, dumpster fire, whatever insert, whatever you'd like to put there. But I, it's hard to sustain a cross conference rivalry. I think. Yeah, I guess now that. Now that I look at it, I mean, Boston and Vancouver sure don't like each other still. <clears throat> I mean, there's no doubt about that. I guess really beyond that. No, I, I today, no, but back in the day, I think it was a lot easier. Like, New Jersey and Detroit was a rivalry, and they were playing in the cup final. Grand Detroit, it was, you know, the closest Western Conference team, but still, that was, yeah, that was out there. Chicago are good I again. I, I think that could possibly be still the biggest cross conference rivalry. Yeah, let's, let's hope <laughs> that happens one day. One day, yeah. I guess there's there's not. I mean, I'd like to think Boston and Dallas is one. It's just Boston. No, oh, fuck them. Uh, who's going to be the worst team to make the playoffs? Um, prediction time. Yeah, I. I if I'm not going points wise, I'm gonna say like I, I'm not going bubble. Like who sneaks it on the bubble? I'm going. I think the Flames. I think if the Flames make the the playoffs, that they'll be the weakest team in the playoffs. Ooh, coming off of a one seed, I know that's rough, but so are we taking into account like? The change that can happen to a team when they hit the postseason. Yeah, I, 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 I think, it, yeah, because I know, I know, I issued this prompt to you before, and it, I, I, I was thinking of it as more of like a team that makes the playoffs that you're like, nah, I don't think they win two games in the opening series, despite who they're matched up against. If they play any playoff team. Oh man, I want to say the Flyers because they're not going to win two games, but that is a matchup thing. Uh, I it's I probably the Islanders, Flyers, but 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's Flyers will win the least amount of games in the playoffs. Islanders make sense coming from you. I mean, you you're on this belief that the uh, high powered offense is going to win the cup. Obviously, that's not exactly what the Islanders don't have. So, I get where you're coming from. I do you just think because I would tend to have a little bit of belief in Barry Trotz, but I I do understand where you're coming from. I don't think they match up well against anyone in the East right now. Yeah, yeah, and I think they're they're in a good spot to make the playoffs and not be like yeah. real worried going into their last two games. Uh, but they are 2-6-2 two, and two over their last 10, and they're very, very, very good at home. You don't get that extra home game when you're a wild card team. Mm. So I think that's going to play against them. Even if they work up into a tie for the first wild card or somehow the third spot in the Metro, their their regulation wins are way behind everyone else. I just I don't see how it happens for them just based on I mean right now they're gonna play the Capitals. I just don't know if they can hold pace with that team, other than the fact that like Barry and who would who would want to beat Barry, a Barry Trotz team more than Alex Ovechkin? That's so true. Did, did, did they play so each other we'll just, last year? No, they didn't. Yeah. No, it was the Hurricanes. Yeah, that would be that would be tough. But yeah, I think the weakest team is going to be the Islanders. Uh, what about the best team? Who's going to miss this one? Yeah, this one's. I this is one's a little more interesting to talk about. I think I, I think the Coyotes are a good team, um, and I don't think they'll make it at this point. Uh, the Rangers also are hot right now. So they, I know they're mostly Panarin, so I don't know if you could say that they're a good team that would miss. More or less, one of the best players that would miss. Um, I, I'll give those two honorable mention. It's I was going to say Carolina, but if they miss, but there's also a strong possibility Carolina makes it. I was also going to mention Florida, but they've just been struggling lately. This one's this one was hard for me. They've been struggling less than Columbus somehow. And when I – so when you said Carolina, I immediately said, like, I, I was looking at the comparables between them and Columbus, and Carolina's got three games in hand on Columbus still, which is so stupid, by the way, that we're early March and there's a team still with three games in hand. But, yeah, I I can see – I give Carolina a lot more chance to make the playoffs and maybe make some noise in the sense that they'll force six. But I think Florida from top to bottom, at least even on paper, is going to be the best team that's not going to make it because they are not going to make it. That's so unfortunate. I was on that Florida train for a while. Yeah, I'd like – I mean, I'd love to see them make it, but it got – it was – evident very early on that they were not going to catch Boston and then more and more evident that they weren't going to catch Tampa. And to be honest, there's not many teams in the league that I would want to make the playoffs in place of the Leafs <laughs> just because of my Austin Matthews stuff and Freddie Anderson, who's having a bad, 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 bad season. Uh, and Kale McCarr's hurt. So Quinn Hughes, congratulations on your Calder trophy. Yeah, upper body injury. I don't know how long he'll be out. I think it's like, a, is it like a day-to-day thing? You know, I don't. I just saw that he was going to be out, but he was like, I think he was skating with the team. I don't, I don't remember where I read how long his uh, he was going to be out for because it was right below the Crider injury that said four to six weeks. And I read that as the McCarr injury, and I – Lost my shit. Yeah, okay. So I'm looking at it. It says McCarr day to day with upper body upper body injury. Uh skated with the team today, it looks like, but doesn't still unsure of when he'll return. Yeah, I uh I did see an argument for Quinn Hughes for the Calder, because we were talking about that the other day. Uh, I'm not in a a Corsi expert, but the Corsi against, in terms of Hughes and McCarr, heavily favors Quinn Hughes. Really? Heavily favors, and I guess that's good. And then I saw, speaking of Facebook groups, 
Some guy said, yeah, well, McCarr deserves it because he's not cocky and arrogant like Quinn Hughes. And the only thing I could think of was, dude, just admit that you don't like American <laughs> players. That that was the uh, that was the the crux of the issue. So there's one thing I need to run by you before we get out of here. Because we're pushing this pretty long. Say you were dating Gary Bettman. You guys have been, you know, been together for a while, and he talked to you about some changes he wanted to make in your relationship, and you 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 freaked out, and you said, "Absolutely not, it's not happening." And he said, "Fine." Uh, his changes were just to for a better you. And you know, months later, years later, whenever it is, he comes to you and says, "Hey, I just want you to know, I made those changes. I did add." that fairy dust to your food, to your feud, food, Jesus, to your food. And uh, if you feel better, you and you are feeling better, admittedly, you have to admit to Gary that you feel better uh, and everything's going great. How? But he still did it without talking to you. How How are you going to feel? About oh, man, I'm, I'm going to feel I'm going to feel betrayed. It's my first thought. Um, okay. I'll do some. I'll do some self awareness and be like, all right, maybe did he? What did he do? Did it make me better? Did it? What can I embrace? What can't I embrace? I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty understanding, but yeah, initially I I would be like, what? Why? Why even come to me in the first place? Would you even bother trying to argue the results though? Like if you were if you were rocking an eight pack. And you were just like, ah, well, I mean, yeah, it's an eight pack, but I don't want to know that I have an eight pack. This is dragging out for way too long. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is Batman admitted today that they've been using the puck tracking technology already. They've been using 24 teams have the capability to use the puck tracking and no one's noticed a thing. No one has noticed a single difference in this beautiful game of hockey that we play in the NHL. You know what happens the second the playoffs start? People are going to start complaining and arguing about the content and the product and everything. Like, that it changes the way the puck comes off the boards or off your stick or anything like that. Like, I love that Bettman did this because it's the snake mentality that he already has. But it's also perfect because we're just going to we're going to hear all the old-time hockey fans talk about how this ruined the puck and the game is different because of it. Yeah, I got there when you mentioned my eight pack. I, I I got there finally with you. I did. I didn't realize that he was uh, um, that he had released that info. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's it's. I agree with you. I I didn't. Did the players know that it was being used? I would assume that they had to, but maybe not. I mean, Batman said they were firing out of machines that were shooting at 120 miles an hour at the boards. So realistically, probably 105. <laughs> if we're, I mean, Batman probably tells people he's 5'6". So I'd assume they were shooting it at 105. But still, I mean, if there's no difference and we haven't seen, I mean, I've never once credited Mitch Marner's ridiculous dangles to some Extra That's what it's going to be. It's going to be Leon Dreisaitl shooting 20% because he knew about the puck and no one else did. God damn it, you <laughs> might just be on to something. I, don't know, I mean, we've talked about the puck tracking stuff before. I, I think if it's an NHL TV exclusive and you have the option to use it or not to use it, or our smart TVs get so smart that you can turn things like, like – um, the Spanish as the SAP button. If you could use something like that for like NBCSN or NBC, that would be awesome. I just, I, I just know what's on the other end of, of how cool this is going to look is how many people are going to complain about it. It's why, why do people not like, well, okay. So there's two sides to this. One, people don't like change when it comes to hockey. Um, I don't, maybe it's everything, but specifically hockey, people get worked up about it. And I can't remember what the other side of it was, but anyways, this was. 
That was not fast forward, by the way. Zach Mack was really trying to get that <laughs> I was that trying point to remember across. what the other side it was, and I can't now. <laughs> but that was the more important side. It's just like, why? people can't embrace this. I don't I don't. I just don't know why you wouldn't you wouldn't want to. But I mean, who are we? We're definitely not experts. We get told that pretty regularly. Regularly. Uh, are you watching anything the rest of the week? Flyers Caps is on yeah, right now. If you record. I'm gonna watch as much hockey as I can. I'll be on Corner Booth. Uh, if you guys want to check that episode out later this week, I'll be on that tonight. Um, they're another another podcast in the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. So um, other than that, no man, I'm just watching. I, I watch XFL. Pretty regularly on Sunday at this point, Saturday and Sunday. I'm loving it. Do you watch it at all? I I turn it on, but I don't yeah. look for it, if that makes sense. You know, I'm not changing my day or anything, but the numbers look great. And I'm, I'm happy that it's doing well. Uh, I just, you know, I, I wonder about the longevity of a league that will never attract, like, yeah, uh, that's a good point. And, and and the playoffs are going to be in April, so they're going to conflict with the uh, the NHL playoffs, which I don't like. Yeah, people keep talking about this hockey all year or this football all year round bullshit. What about May, June, July? And we're August? just sign stealing in the summer, man. That's all. <laughs> sign stealing. Oh man, that yeah. Thank God we're not baseball. This league. Uh, I don't think we missed anything. No. I'm sure we did. We don't have but time for that, yes, but it was for the double. We'll get to play, it. So, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get we'll get to everything we missed on Saturday, which is a more laid back. We'll do a YGS on yeah. Saturday. It'll be our one <laughs> segment. Got it. All right, for Maria, for at it's Zach Mack. I'm at hosted by KJ. Joined by my dogs. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you later this week. Oh, this was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Thank you for listening. We'll see you later this week. Don't go Flyers. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at Puck Puck Pass Pod. 